0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Flagship Lines. My name is Nidlan, and today we'll be talking about WWDC, which, if you didn't know already, is basically an annual event where Apple showcased their newest hardware and software. This year's event was cancelled due to the pandemic, so Apple actually created a video which replaced the conference. And upon first glance. I've got to say it's quite exciting. Alright so we will be talking about iOS and iPadOS. Next week we'll be talking about the Macs and watchOS so stay tuned for that as well. Oh yeah I'll leave the link of Apple's full video down below if you want to check that out as well. Right let's get into it. So iOS. Now this has actually had quite a lot of new features, which Apple users will definitely look forward to. The first edition is an app library, which is essentially the app drawer in Android phones. Now just to quickly talk about this for a second, you know, people think that it's weird that different operating systems are copying each other, you know, iOS took this from Android and Android took this from iOS. But these operating systems, I think anyway, they see a feature that people like, and then they perfect this for months, maybe even years. And while they're doing that, maybe, you know, adding a little spice on top of that feature as well. Anyway, so the spice for this app library is that everything is organized into folders. So you have a folder called suggestions, where the apps that the device thinks you will use next are placed. Then there's a folder called recently added, which, you know, explains itself. And then the cool thing about the rest of these folders is that they group the apps together based on what type of app they are. Like, you don't have to do anything whatsoever. I'm not sure about you guys, but I think that's pretty sweet. Anyway. Now moving on to arguably the biggest change in iOS, and yes, they did steal it from Android, who had this feature about 8 years ago, (laughs) and it's the widgets. Alright, so there are a few different sizes for these widgets, so you can pick and choose which one fits the best for you. And something that Android doesn't have is what Apple called the Smart Stack feature. Now, this is where you can basically stack up widgets, and scroll through them, sort of like a gallery. But the thing that Apple are trying to showcase the most is that scrolling through this smart stack can happen automatically now. I think that the example Apple showed off was having a widget show you the news in the morning, the calendar during the day for meetings and stuff like that, and then in the evening, a summary of the exercise you've done. I mean, it's not perfect though, there aren't many sizes to choose from, and you can only place widgets in a certain area, you don't have complete freedom with that, but I can sort of see why this would be a selling point for people. By the way, you can actually link a shortcut to a widget, which can let you do some pretty crazy stuff, I'm sure that many people out there will find some cool and different ways to do things with that. Now, we move to picture in picture. Most Android users will be stood there, extremely confused as to how iOS is so late to implement this. But, you know, at least it's here now. The concept is pretty much the same, and they've made it so that when you pull up to go to the home screen when you're watching, say, a YouTube video, then it will automatically go into picture in picture view. I mean, nothing groundbreaking there, but it's still nice to see. There was another big app design overhaul for Siri as well. So instead of saying, hey, and then the command word, and then the whole screen popping up, Siri is only a small circle at the bottom of your screen now. Personally, I feel that this is a lot better than having a new window popping up, and then having to exit out of that window, and then... You get what I'm saying. Now, a few people have mentioned that, you know, they don't like particularly that when you ask Siri for information, a small bar appears at the top with the information. That's not the issue, though. It's actually that you cannot move the screen or interact with the app that you were using before you called for Siri. I don't think this is a huge issue, and I sort of like it. Because you can focus on Siri for a second, grab the information you need from it, then swipe away and carry on. Another few updates under the hood for Siri are, it holds 20 times more facts, can send an audio message, supports new languages for translation with a new Translate app, and a few other stuff as well. I actually think that a smaller update will be used a bit more. Memoji is sort of a staple in iOS. So many people love it and Apple is adding a few new features to it as well. With new faces, hairstyles, animations, all kinds of cool but slightly crazy stuff. That if you're really into, you should check out. Another one is iMessage. You can now do inline replying, which means that you can reply to a single message in a group chat. Sort of similar to what WhatsApp offers. Again though, Apple have added some novelty features that you won't find on other apps. You can actually see who's been the most active on group chats because their profile photo at the top is the largest. I don't see this being extremely useful, but I like it. So now, maps. I know that we're spending a long time on iOS, but Apple have added so many new cool features which just can't be missed. Anyway, Maps. It's now brought to new places such as Ireland, Canada and the UK. EV routing though is the feature that most people picked up on. Apple Maps will show you the nearest electric car charging areas according to your journey, and where you're headed. For people that maybe camp a lot or travel off road quite a bit, I could see this coming in very handy. Okay, so Apple now allow you to leave your keys at home, meaning that you can unlock your car with your iPhone. So I think the first cars that will be able to support this are going to be the BMW 5 Series. So yeah, not many cars, but. This was sort of expected. If you lose your iPhone though, you can switch off your keys via iCloud, which is definitely a necessity with something like this. Let's go on to app clips now. Android has had this for some time now, but Apple is introducing this to iOS 14. In essence, what this is. Is that if you want to use a small part of an app, or just one feature, you can do this without downloading the whole app and wasting storage. Apple are setting up their special codes, so once you do tap on them, you can use a certain feature of the app. By the way, this should work for NFC as well, if you're wondering. Okay, that wraps it up for iOS. Definitely a long list of features, but they were all very important to talk about. Sweet. Let's take a quick break before we move on to iPadOS. Alright, so for iPadOS, there have been some similar changes. For example, the widgets have been added here as well. Pretty much exactly the same as the iOS ones. So. I won't dwell on that for too long. There is also a new sidebar, which gives some core functionality commands for quick access. I quite like this, it's not new, but it's nice nonetheless. There are quite a few apps that can support it as well, so definitely check those out as well. Also, a small update for Apple Music, is that there is a full screen player so you can actually see the album or cover art, along with the lyrics and all the other bits of information. The new look for Siri has also come to the iPad. This is so much more useful here, because the iPads have larger screens, and Siri takes up less space, so that's a big benefit. Regarding calling apps like WhatsApp or FaceTime, You only get notifications in a small bar at the top of the screen, which, like Siri, makes life so much easier. Search is also taking the same approach. You can summon it from anywhere, and search directly into Safari for websites as well. Okay, now a slightly more important feature. So Apple is calling this Scribble Basically, in any text field, like a browser search bar. You can start writing with the Apple Pencil, and it automatically converts this to text. This is super convenient, and I can see it being used a lot. Um, you do have to have an Apple Pencil though, which... Um, yeah, don't look at the price. (laughs) Windows has sort of implemented this as well, but it's not done very well, so Apple have done well here. Another huge feature, this time more directed towards AirPods, is the automatic switching. So, whenever you pick up a different device, your AirPods will automatically switch to that device. You don't need to do anything whatsoever. I think this is where the Apple ecosystem is so good there's just seamless integration between everything now i'm a huge fan of this feature and i don't even have airpods so anyone who does should be extremely excited and another one for airpods as well you can also enable spatial sound which is supposed to give you a surround sound experience which should be quite cool to test out as always you can hit me up with feedback, comments and what you want to hear in future episodes as well as anything about Flagship Light in general with my contact details down below. Don't forget to check out my YouTube channel as well, click down below. Anyway, thank you for listening, I've been Nidland, this is Flagship Light and I'll catch you in the next one.